everybody. Hi. I'm Chip. This is Eric. Hi. This is from Chip and Eric Read the Bible Podcast. This is season two. Mm-hmm. And we are reading through the Bible. And uh, today we are on day 26th. That's right. January the 26th. Hmm. And we are plowing through this thing. We're almost done. Yeah. And yeah, we're almost there. Okay. So we're going to pick up today in Exodus chapter 31. And we're going to read all the way to 34. So we're going to get right into it here. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Oh, he does crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And I have personally... Are you laughing because, like, you're picturing him doing, like, arts and crafts? I'm particularly bedazzled. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I, and <laughs> I have personally appointed Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. The tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark's cover, the place of atonement, all the furnishings of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the incense altar, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, the wash basin and its stand, the beautifully stitched garments, the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priests, the anointing oil and the fragrant incense for the holy place the craftsman must make everything as I have commanded you the Lord gave then gave these instructions to Moses tell the people of Israel be careful to keep my Sabbath day for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation it is given so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy you must keep the Sabbath day for it is a holy day for you anyone who desecrates it must be put to death anyone who works on that day will be cut off from the community you have six days each week for your ordinary work but the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of complete rest a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works on the Sabbath must be put to death. Mm. The people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a covenant obligation for all time. It is a permanent sign of my covenant with the people of Israel. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he stopped working and was refreshed. When the Lord finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant written by the finger of God. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down from the mountain, they gathered it around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears, brought them to Aaron. So then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord said to Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt, (laughs) your people, have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They melted down gold and made a calf, and they bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying... These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. 
Now leave me alone, so my fierce anger can blaze against them, and I will destroy them. Then I'll make you, Moses, into a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt? <laughs> okay, a little Passing back and forth. <laughs> with such great power and such a strong hand. Why let the Egyptians say their God has rescued them with evil intention and slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster that you threaten against your people. Remember your servant Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the heaven, and I will give them all this land that I promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster that he threatened to bring on his people. Then Moses turned, went down the mountain. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. When Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them, he explained, exclaimed to Moses, It sounds like war in the camp. But Moses replied, No, it's not a shout of victory, nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of a celebration. Having a party. Yeah. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they made, and he burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into water, and forced the people to drink it. Ooh. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, What do these people do to you to make you do such terrible sin and bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, Make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, Whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it in the fire, and out, boom, came this calf. <laughs> Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control, much to the amusement of their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. And all the Levites gathered around him. Moses told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each of you take your swords, go back and forth from the end of the camp to kill the other. Kill everyone, even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, Today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him, even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Today you have earned a blessing. The next day Moses said to the people, You have committed a terrible sin, but I will go back up to the Lord on the mountain. Perhaps I will be able to obtain forgiveness for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, what a terrible sin these people have committed. They have made gods of gold for themselves. But now, if you will only forgive their sin, but now, if you will only forgive their sin, but if not, erase my name from the record you've written. But the Lord replied to Moses, No, I will erase the name of everyone who has sinned against me. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. Look, my angel will lead the way before you. And when I come to the call of and when I come to call the people to account, I will certainly hold them responsible for their, for their sins. Then the Lord sent a great plague upon the people because they had worshipped the calf Aaron had made. The Lord said to Moses, Get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. 
When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, You are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and, and fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request to the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. And he went into the tent. The pillar of the cloud would come down, hover over its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Hmm. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. One day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I favor and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on, me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. But my face will not be seen. Then the Lord told Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I'll write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one else is appear anywhere on the mountain. Don't even let the rocks or the flocks or the herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the t- two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down, clouds stood there with him, and called out in his own name, Yahweh. The Lord paused in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents, the children, and the grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in their third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. And he said, O Lord, if it's true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim as your own special possession. The Lord replied, Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that I have that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. 
Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a god who is jealous about his relationship with you. You must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go with them. Then you will accept their daughters who sacrifice to other gods as wives for your sons, and they will seduce your sons to commit adultery against me by worshiping other gods. You must not make any gods of molten metal for yourself. You must celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days, the bread you must eat. The bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from the herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep and goats. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. No one may appear before me without an offering. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. You must celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest and celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. Three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign Lord. Before the sovereign, the Lord, the God of Israel, I will drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before the Lord, your God, three times each year. You must not offer the blood of any any sacrificial offerings with any baked goods containing yeast, and none of the meat of the Passover sacrifice may be kept until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Never. Chip, I tell you that no. all the time, man. I know. I don't do if it. If you ever go to Chip's house, yeah. watch him very carefully when he cooks the goat. Yeah, I don't do it. Better Never not. in the mother's you milk. You better not. Never. Then the Lord said to Moses, write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. In all that time, he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. He wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over. And he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them all instructions the Lord had given them on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him, and the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. So he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. Hmm. Okay, that's our reading. A little hefty, hefty reading there. Hefty reading. So uh, yeah. what is this telling us about God, Chip? Well, um, it tells us that God can be angered. Hmm. God can be angered. But it also tells us he's slow to get angry. Mm-hmm. Thankful for that. So he can be angered. He is angered. He wanted just a boom, wipe them all out, done. Moses, let's start a new nation. Yeah. Come on over. I already got a plan. But slow to anger comes into play there and does not release his wrath and fury 
all the way. And, uh, and, and so we see that uh, he does hold back. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, and so then I ask, you know, who does he get angry t- towards? And it's towards those who um, disobey him, disregard him, don't pay attention to him, have other idols before him, mm-hmm. and don't fully follow him. And, and, and why does he get angry? Because we just doing it our way and not his way. And so he can be angered. He does get angry. And I did underline this. And another reason I think he gets angry because the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, Mm -hmm. is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. Mm -hmm. He is angry because he loves us so much. And when we do our thing our way, you know, that that bothers him because he loves us and cares for us and wants a deep, intimate relationship with us. That's what he desires. He desires that and wants that. And when we don't. He gets angry. Absolutely. Never forget that he had an original intention for us to be his people in his presence and in his place. Mm. And so, of course, he's jealous for us. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's this telling us about us? I mean, I was going in a very similar direction, but what I was going to say specifically, um, so, yes, God can be angered. What I was going to say specifically is I would say many of our sins— and certainly the sins of the people in this in this passage begin with idolatry. Yeah. And the reason why they turned to an idol is because they just didn't have the information that they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I think that one thing that we idolize is knowledge. And we are covetous for knowledge. We want knowledge. We want to know what's going on. And the moment that we don't know or can't understand God's plan or his purpose or whatever, we'll jump to the next God, whatever that is, whatever it is, whether it's something goofy like a horoscope or, you know, going around and just figuring out your own thing, your own way, doing, you know, wandering your own way. I really think that we turn to idolatry so quickly. And here it was specifically because they didn't have the information they wanted. But I just think, yeah, most of our sin starts with idolatry. If it doesn't start with pride, it starts with idolatry. And the worst ones start when we put ourselves above God, and that is pride and idolatry, Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, so God can be angered, and we are prone to go to idols. Maybe not a golden calf that just mystically appeared out of the flame, right? Like on its own, definitely no one made it. Yeah. No, yeah. No. Just happened on its own. Yeah. Uh, maybe Crazy. that's not the kind of idol we go to, but like we do go to other idols. So if God can be angered and we set up these idols in our lives. How does that affect how we live? Yeah. I think about, you know, um, idols, uh, we like them. They're tangible. It's what we see, you know, and, and we're told to live by faith, not by sight. And, and that's where trust comes into play. It might not things might not be going the way we want them. We might not have the, the knowledge that 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 we need at that time to do what we want to do or we think God should do or needs to be done. And so that's where faith comes into play, you know. And we just we we trust Him. Okay, God, I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't see it. But I'm going to choose to trust you and wait mm-hmm. for you, and so I can fully follow you, because I don't want to anger you. You know, and because you love us and want a relationship with us and I want to please you. Right. It's like when you watch your kids do something that you know is destructive for them. Mm. And like, it makes you mad. Sure. Like, why are you doing that? Like, uh, here's a goofy example. Phoebe does not look where she's going ever. Mm. So she'll be looking behind her or whatever and walking a different direction. She'll walk right into something. Then she's crying. And my first reaction is, 
what's wrong with you? Why did you do that? Yeah. You know, like, and I get angry. And obviously I love her and I scoop her up and I make sure she's okay and like all that. But my first reaction is always like, look where you're going. I want something better for you than watching you stumble all the time. You know, and I just feel like that's really prevalent here. And you said something, you know, like uh, idols are something we see. So we worship them. And I just think like they... They wanted to give this idol credit for being brought out of Egypt, Hmm. you know? And I think we do that too. Like, Hmm. oh, you know, I've paid off all my debts, you know? Oh, really? Good job. You know, I'm sure that God didn't bless you with resources to do that. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just stuff like that. And it's, yeah. So we need to be very careful because there is a God whose reaction is jealous anger and especially if we're going to turn to idols, which we will see throughout the Old Testament, is the big problem mm-hmm. that the Israelites have. And it's the big problem that we still have today. Yeah. All right. Hey, keep reading the Bible. Keep it reading it every day. Yeah, absolutely. Even in the weekend. Even on the weekends, guys. We know. <laughs> we know. We know. We do. Someone came up to me and said that they read on the weekend. And I won't call that person out because I think that they'd be very embarrassed. But I want them to know I'm very proud of them. Oh, okay. Because they say they, when I said only one or two people are reading on the weekends, they said, I'm one of those one or two. Okay. And I'm very, very proud. So big shout out to that person right now. Big shout out right now. Big shout out. Super loud. To that that person that I think would just be mortified if I said who they are. Terrified. So, okay. Okay. All right, Eric, good job today. Hey, thanks, Chip. Great job to you, too. Thank you so much. Yeah, those readers, you look so, so handsome. Yeah. Yeah. And you look over me when we're talking. You look over the readers I have at me. To, yeah, and it's, it's hilarious. Because I see, because it's like you, it's like you don't approve of anything I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I approve. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Well, we love you. We do. Bye.